Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Witherspoon cuts back. What a night for the rookie. You think they love him in Seattle? How about six points? Touchdown Witherspoon. No flags. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. A jump up the ball a couple weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Devin Witherspoon, second choice right now to be defensive rookie of the year behind the favorite Jalen Carter of the Eagles, who's now a uh, it's now on the injury report. Uh, we'll yeah. do defensive Six rookie points. of the year. Yep. <laughs> like, I think they love him in Seattle. Uh, you think they also, love him in Seattle? Like, <laughs> what about the, oh, the 50,000 yeah. 50, silent Giants fans who are like crying into their beers at MetLife Stadium? Uh, defensive rookie of the year, coach of the year, comeback player of the year. We will get to all of them uh, before we say au revoir and bid you adieu at 7 o'clock um, Eastern time. Uh, a lot still to do on the show. And if you are watching us right now on Stadium, who carry us every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you're going to want to tune on over uh, or move on over to twitch.tv backslash betql or youtube.com backslash odyssey sports because the final hour of the show is absolutely loaded as per usual today. We got to give you our bets for Major League Baseball tonight. Game four with the Phillies and the Braves, side total and props. We've got bets of steel, all our hockey bets for tonight in the seven games. Absolutely can't wait for that. And then all our analysis, all our bets, all the updated injury information as week six in the National Football League kicks off at Arrowhead with the Chiefs and the Broncos. So side total and props for Casey and Denver. It's all coming up in the final hour of the show. So again, if you're watching us on Stadium, we really appreciate you. Flip on over uh, in about 15 minutes, twitch.tv backslash betql. And if you want to support the show, youbetteryoubetshop.com for all your You Better You Bet merchandise needs. But for now, uh, we'll continue on P-Squared, B-Squared NFL Awards. Jake, bring the music up, please. And let's do, Ken, a couple minutes here on Defensive Rookie of the Year, or less, depending on how much you've got. Uh, Jalen Carter sure. is your favorite for the Eagles at minus 175. Pretty big number. Uh, Witherspoon, the aforementioned, plus 350 is the second choice. Will Anderson and Brian Branch are both 14-1. to 1. Um, Branch didn't play last week 
has not practiced each of the last two days for the Lions. So I feel like this is like a tenuous candidacy or candidacy here for a stud member of the Lions secondary, uh, their rookie, Brian Branch. Um, I haven't written down any other names because I didn't really think any were that interesting. Ken, maybe you disagree. Thoughts here on defensive rookie of the year? It's not interesting yet, but this is even the fact that Carter's on the injury report. I just think this serves as like a constant reminder of early in the season, you're just, I think you're making a big mistake if you're laying big prices in award markets. First of all, your your return is very small, tying up your money forever for not very much money. And these things can still turn on a dime. They really can. You'd be like, well, defensive rookie of the year, like who's going to win if Carter doesn't win or if Witherspoon doesn't win? We don't even have to know the guy's name yet. There's 14, 13 games left in the season. Like it could be somebody who's done absolutely nothing up to this point. It just, that's where we are here. So like, yeah, it's the same thing I said last week. Should Carter be a favorite? Yeah, sure. And he could be a big favorite right now, but like, we don't know anything here. And like, I, I just, especially defensive rookie of the year, where like, you're not projecting usage. It's not like receivers and running backs where it's like, what's their role going to be? It's just very, it's not random. I guess it's uh, unpredictable to a certain extent. And Carter's been the best so far. He has three and a half sacks. Everybody talks about him like he's baby Aaron Donald. And that's great. Uh, and he could be a big favorite. And I have no money in this market right now, like $0. And I'm happy to keep having no money in it. And like, basically, like, like the, if you like money, the way you want this to play out, rather than be like, well, I like money, so I jammed Carter minus 110, and now I'm holding on for dear life for six months. Like, the way you want this to work, if you like winning a lot of money, is you want him to get out to a big lead, and then you want some kind of catalyst where he gets caught at the end. Like, that's what you want. And then, like, seven weeks from now, you want to bet on a guy that nobody's ever heard of, and he's going to close the winner. Like, that's what I want to happen, and I don't know if it's going to happen, but I also, I, I lose zero dollars if he wins right now. You're just, be, like, just, you know wait be take a wait and see approach here um he's he's ahead but like three and a half sacks like with this is not like some insurmountable lead for someone else in some statistical standpoint also there's always the risk of an injury so just like you get these big favorites i think there's the sense of like well i gotta like parlay this guy with everything and i gotta like put a lot of money into this because i got fomo like what if he goes to minus 500 i don't want to miss out this guy's so far ahead right now it's just way too early for that kind of stuff. Like the only time I want to jam minus prices, where there's a couple of rare exceptions to this, like rookie of the year where there's no polling. But the the uh, the only time I want to like jam minus prices is late in the season when we get polling and the polling is it's this guy and the market hasn't reflected the polling. Like that's when you want to jam because like the people who are voting are telling you it's the guy and the market still doesn't reflect that yet. He's not off the board. He's he's minus 200. He should be minus 10,000, whatever it is. Like those are the times to jam. Like early in the season, we have no polling on this. Nobody's made up their mind yet on anything. Why would you lay a big price? So just, I, I think like keep a really open mind. Cool, like let, let's let him get out to a big lead winner for $0. And then the best way this can play out is something we're not expecting in the next month or two. A player emerges, we start betting him, it becomes a two, three player race and we go from there. Uh, I want to really, but a, a player emerges. Sounds like like the great, like a, the first line of like the great American novel. A player emerges. Sure. Dot dot dot. <laughs> uh, I want to punch home the point that you just made, Ken, and I want to use the exact phrase that you used. A bunch of guys that you've never heard of. I think like our listeners and viewers know, like I, you'd be hard pressed to find someone that like loves the National Football League more than I do. I play dynasty fantasy football with IDP, which is individual defensive players. So like, I have like defensive players on several dynasty fantasy football leagues. Even like I look at some of these rookies, I don't know who they are, what teams they play on. And like, I know everybody. I'm just going to read some names here and like, be honest with yourself, like the listener. And maybe this player plays on your favorite team and you know who he is, but like, these are not household names. Like Ivan Pace Jr., Keon White, 
Julius Brents, Keanu <laughs> Benton. <laughs> you sound like uh, like Madden generated players, like in the draft. I, I'm just being I'm being serious here. Like I know more about football than almost everybody, and maybe it's a bad job by me, and I should know who some of these guys are. I do know who some of them are. Like just just to say, like we ain't there yet. There's like four defensive rookies now that are like not even household names, but that everyone knows. So there's a possibility that one really like like pops here at some point here in the near future. So I just want to punch home that point from Ken here on You Better You Bet on a tremendous football Thursday. Uh, P squared, B squared, NFL awards. Anything uh, else here on defensive rookie or we want to go to coach? No, I think it's uh, total wait and see. The best thing that happens is we find a way to beat Carter later in the year. And, uh, and if he gets out to a big lead, then like no harm done. Lost zero dollars. Hat tip to Carter. He was the favorite the whole way. Nothing to do. Every time we talk about Jalen Carter, or really anyone with the last name Carter, like a Flyers goalie, or that's not his last name, but Carter Hart, we'll do him in uh, Beds of Steel. Uh, I think of Jackie Chan. Texas Rangers. Evan Carter. Oh, hell yeah. We've got lots of Carters. Michael Carter with the Jets, two of them on the Jets, running back in safety. I think of Jackie Chan saying Carter in, in Rush Hour. Carter. Carter, just the absolute best. All right, coach of the year now. Uh, An interesting market, as per usual, as the kids would say. Co-favorites yet again, same as last week, and it is Dan Campbell and Mike McDaniel, both at 4-1. to Kyle Shanahan of the potential regular season juggernaut San Francisco 49ers, the third choice, plus 550. Shane Steichen at 10-1 to after the Colts beat the Titans last week. D'Amico Ryan is now down to 14-1 to after the Texans lose on the road in Atlanta. Todd Bowles, 18-1. to <laughs> Dogs and cats mingling together. Hell freezing over. Todd Bowles, 18 to 1 for coach of the year. <laughs> Arthur Smith at 20. Uh, Matt LaFleur and Sean McVay at 22. I have chosen to draw the Gettleman line here. More so for content than anything else. We can obviously talk about other coaches on the list. But just for now, Ken, your thoughts here on coach of the year. And we can hit on some other names if we'd like. This is uh, this is going in a really bad direction for betting a lot of money and winning a lot of money. And this market gets awesome sometimes. And I'm still optimistic it can get awesome at some point. But uh, short of like, you know, buying some Arthur Smith before the year, like a little LaFleur, Rivera, like took a couple shots on big numbers. And it's not that like my guys like probably aren't going to win. I think Arthur Smith could actually still win. But like, I, you know, my, my, my coaches probably aren't going to win. But even just like late season opportunities to bet, this market's sometimes really good. I, I don't know if this one's going to be great. And it's really uh, the success of the Dolphins and Lions has caught up to the prices of the coaches. So what I mean by that is, I think everybody liked McDaniel and Campbell to win the award. They're two favorites, so clearly everybody liked them to win the award. And my theory about it, which we've done a ton of times on the show, is always, look, like they're not improvement coaches. Like they won a lot of games last year. So in order for them to win, like they can win, but in order for them to win, the season has to be insanely successful. Like the bar for them to clear is higher than everybody thinks. And I think I'm right. And I still think I'm right. And the problem is now one or both of them like might actually clear that bar. And I'm thinking more about the Lions than the Dolphins. Like my perception of the Dolphins hasn't really changed. They're in their easiest stretch now. The stretches get much more difficult in their schedule, you know, when they're not favored by 14 against everybody that they're playing. So basically after this week. But for the Lions, Denver's brutal. Minnesota might tank. They play them twice at the end of the year. Like you just go through all the games now and you just go, we're just removing obstacles to them just crushing a schedule. And this is something like we didn't know. Like we didn't know at the start of the year that Denver was going to be this bad. We didn't know at the start of the year that Minnesota would be anything like this, even though we guessed it was possible. Like you're not going to bet Campbell based off like our one in a hundred theory, the Vikings are going to be brutal. So the problem is like, 
now you look at the schedule and you go, look, I, I felt like these two guys were big favorites, but we didn't really know who to bet to beat them. We were just waiting because they're big favorites every week, big favorites. And we we're just waiting. But now we're here and it's like, did they just become not vulnerable? Did that happen? Like, did Dan Campbell just become not vulnerable as a favorite? And like, that's going to happen sometimes. Like, they always had to be the great team coach to win, not the improvement coach, not the just improve four games. And because improvement for them is like a 14 and three season. The problem is like, we're getting like there's a possibility now the Lions are going to go 14 and three like there's a chance that that's going to happen and it's become more possible every week than it was the week before and so now it's like now I think you got to kind of like pump the brakes totally on this thing of like even trying to even trying to beat these guys to be fair last week I said the same thing just because they were big favorites don't want to try to beat them the Dolphins are favored by two touchdowns again you try to beat Mike McDaniel he's got an auto win this week why would you try to beat him this week again now Campbell can take a loss he almost needs to to not win it's just I don't I hate the way this is shaping up because like the guys who I thought were vulnerable they're just winning so much that they're gonna win for like a different reason than everybody else thought they were gonna win like everybody else was like well good team you know make the playoffs they're gonna win be like no that wasn't gonna do it like that was actually not it they had to win like 14 games in order to win and now and now they might now the Lions might actually win that much so they've kind of again the success has caught up to the price now they're becoming less vulnerable I gotta wait another week like maybe the Lions take a loss but McDaniel's not taking a loss and he's one of the two favorites so can't try to beat him this week he's favored by 14. Um, we could talk about a ton of other guys but if that's what it's going to be then the rest of the discussion is a little bit moot this week is there is there because there are some truly long prices to win coach of the year like Brian Dable's yeah. not going to win he won last year's 250 to one there like if you think the Chargers are going to go on an absolute tear and I'm not totally even saying agree. that they're going to I mean, Staley's 125 to one right now what if what if what if if they did it if the Bears beat the Vikings on Sunday Ibraf loses like 200 to like I think he's terrible but like, we'll talk about some of this on the other side plus comeback player of the year plus baseball plus bets of steel plus Thursday night football if you're watching on stadium head on over twitch.tv backslash betql final hour power hour next